Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. It is time for Tech 37. So excited to have you with us. We've got an action-packed group of experts today as we explore not just VMware Tanzu, which is interesting in and of itself, and we're going to cover why this group thinks so, but really about what our container is doing for us. Why have we moved to this? What's important to understand? What are some of the pitfalls you can avoid? But most importantly, how can you make it work best for you and your entire organization by learning from people who have already tread this path prior to you? Welcome to Tech 37. My name is Rob Boyd. This is your home for technology, education, and collaboration from Worldwide Technology. And again, we're talking VMware Tanzu, and we're talking about the proper use of containers as we move forward in our, in our digital workspace. Well, that's enough said. I think it's time, I think, to meet the experts. All right, guys, that was the extent of my promises for what we're going to cover here. We are live and nationwide. I always wanted to say that. I didn't realize I never said that before. I'm sure we're nationwide. We're worldwide, right? Guys, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, let's make sure everybody understands your expertise. Because, uh, Sean, I've done this before, but I don't assume everybody watches every show. Uh, that, uh, who knows who has kind of time? Let's just start at the top, as I like to do. I think everybody's yeah, oriented that way. Dana. What do you do for, all of you work for Worldwide, but what do you do specifically? How, do, how would you describe it? Yeah, so my name is Danny Kulir. Uh, I've been at Worldwide for about eight years. Uh, my focus is around uh, container platforms, Kubernetes, uh, cloud native applications, uh, things along those lines. And so I help customers try to figure out where they are in that journey because we found that every customer is walking that journey in some form or fashion and then um, figure out where the next spaces are going to be and, and help them walk that journey. Perfect. Hey, Jim, how about you? Hey, Rob. Uh, nice to see everybody. Jim Hopkins. I lead our container platforms practice and external engineering consulting practice and application services. Uh, pretty much uh, been a long-term DevOps practitioner and infrastructure practitioner, uh, but uh, I help lead uh, the group that comes to help our clients when they look to adopt containers or uh, Tanzu products as well, too. Okay. So, but you also lead a team, if I understood that correctly there at the beginning in terms of the practice development and as you guys continue to mature around how you're helping customers and kind of knowledge share within the organization, I'm sure that comes up. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And at this, at this point, Dan and I get to be PowerPoint engineers and uh, the real people that do the work, uh, yeah, they hang out with us <laughs> and they, they invite us to the meetings. Yeah. I'm sure you don't do any work whatsoever and have lost all your, all your knowledge. Um, speaking of lost knowledge, Sean Hicks, my, my Texas brother, <laughs> Just kidding. That's a horrible way to introduce you. Sean, do you mind letting us know and reminding me, what is it you do for worldwide? Yeah, so back on Tech 37 by unpopular demand. Um, so at Worldwide Technology, when I'm not throwing Jim Hopkins under the bus with uh, unannounced Tech 37 appearances, um, oh. I lead hybrid cloud platforms. And the way we define that is we basically follow the NIST <laughs> definition, which is to say hybrid cloud platforms are uh, when you have a technology that allows application and data portability between disparate cloud environments. And containers are absolutely a way to do that. They very much fit that. Um, right wants to deploy anywhere methodology for uh, modern applications. And so we consider that to be part of hybrid cloud platforms. And I work very closely with, uh, with, with Dana and Jim on that. You know, you reminded me of the presidential debates. Let me explain what I mean by that. Because I asked Sean one question and he answers it partially, but really answers what he wants to say, which was establishing his platform, his opinions, laying the gauntlet down for Jim and Dana here about how we're going to proceed forth, I think. So hopefully uh, it, Jim's came with his own uh, old school graphics. So uh, that's kind of cool as well. 
But uh, let's do that. I like that. I like that. I'm counting on you guys staying engaged and uh, and challenging this because I think that's one thing that underlies a lot of what we're talking about here is that as expert as we can become in certain areas, there are no set pat answers for how anything is done going forward. And it certainly, of course, is always going to vary on a uh, not just an application basis, but a customer cultural basis, the entire the entire gamut. But with that, let's set this up. Dana, um, we talked about having you kind of define the uh, context uh, and lay out what's the situation in terms of I live in a technical world. I can sometimes catch myself thinking that everybody is moving to containers and it's it's uh, um, it's all anybody ever does. I doubt that's really the case. And I'm just kind of curious, what are you seeing? What draws people to containers? Why is that important to understand and, and get us going here? Yeah, so... Uh, the overarching theme when we're talking to customers in this space is, is to answer the question why, right? So we, we try to start the conversation by figuring out what the needs of the business actually are. Um, and usually we wrap that around to like business metrics and things along those lines um, to figure out uh, what, the, what the needs of, of the actual, actual applications are mm -hmm. and, and where the data needs to live. <clears throat> and then from there, based on those needs, uh, we usually can uh, back into a set of technologies that makes sense for that business, right? Um, and when it comes to containers, uh, the ability to be uh, portable and, and move things around on demand is very important. Um, yeah. And so if you think about a lot of uh, applications you may use on a day in and day out basis, uh, you may access those uh, from, you know, at your home, on your own home internet connection, you may access those from your phone uh, on, a, on a cellular connection and things along those lines. And so the ability to be able to, to get to those different types of connections and, and see those different types of applications is extremely important. And so... Containers gives you that portability and that predictability to run those applications wherever they need to be run. Um, and that's extremely important from a business perspective um, to be able to facilitate that type of thing. So it really, again, it wraps back around to what businesses need um, and, and figuring out those actual needs and then backing yeah. into set of technologies from there. Okay. So some of the same old school stuff that I think we're always preaching to some certain extent, which is there's not an appliance that's going to fix everything for you. There's not um, any one solution, however that's defined, right, that's going to do it. And and you guys uh, have probably experienced a lot of the pain that you share with customers when you're helping them take on the aspect of saying, oh, we didn't consider how this might work about because of our departmental organization style uh, or how we communicate. or you know, And you're like, all these things you wouldn't think the technology becomes a part of. But stick yeah, in kind of can – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, the technology tends to be – the, the, or should be the, 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 the last place you step, right? Let's talk yeah. about the people, the processes, the culture, the, the things that are going to lead to that, that, to that specific outcome. And then from there, it's pretty easy to identify. These are the things that we're going to need from a technology standpoint, right? Um, so it's very important that we follow that, do that upfront due diligence with our customers. And then, mm -hmm. and then we can figure out a, a path that makes sense. Okay, now I want you guys to jump in, but I'm just kind of curious also, you know, since we've got this focus on Tanzu right here in the, in the title, there's a little bit of, there's, there's not one container solution out there, it feels like, and we're talking about open source things that anybody could access to different degrees. And even on Tech 37, we featured some other solutions in other ways. Um, let me go to Sean. Uh, Sean, I wonder if you can characterize uh, kind of why, why, in your opinion, are we focused on Tanzu in this and what's important to start understanding as we break down some of these details? Sure. So with the, uh, the rollout of container platforms, whether people are using cloud, um, public cloud native platforms uh, or they're, they're trying to find some way to run it on-prem, the reality is most organizations today, in fact, 100% of the Fortune 500, run VMware somewhere in their infrastructure. 
And so uh, it just made sense, right? This is a path forward for anyone who's looking to deploy uh, a container platform uh, that's already a VMware uh, shop or infrastructure. And, and even, you know, the new, the new gold rush, if you will, right? We, we had containerization and then Kubernetes took over the world in terms of container orchestration. But the problem we have now is that we have Kubernetes here, we have Kubernetes there, we have Kubernetes all over the place. You know, it could be in the public cloud with uh, things like, uh, uh, you know, GKE and Google Cloud or uh, EKS and AWS. And then it can be on-prem uh, with uh, things like, uh, for instance, with Tanzu specifically, uh, could be TKG, could be TKGI. And so um, what, what, what's going on now where everybody's trying to get to is how do I manage all those, those different Kubernetes environments from one location? And uh, Tanzu, on top of providing us a lot of the other tools that we need in terms of um, you know, the people process stuff that Dana's mentioning, and I'm sure he'd go into a, a lot of detail there. It's also uh, helping us get customers who are already heavily invested in VMware as, um, as an infrastructure uh, or cloud infrastructure model, uh, a path to get to uh, not only a platform for running their containers, but, but also the ability to, um, to manage them wherever they may fall at the edge in the public cloud or on-prem. Jim, I'm curious because before I go over to Dana to have him kind of break down modern applications um, and those components that are important to understand, and I'm going to use WWT.com as kind of a cheat sheet for us here. But Jim, I want to make sure that you're you're warmed up and ready to jump in because I know you got a lot of opinions. What's most important that needs to be covered? Uh, how would you tease? I don't know, tease. Just tell us what what's most important to understand in this conversation for you. For me, it's not. It's the fact that you know. Tanzu containers, they're all really neat tools. Um, and yes, we're here to talk about Tanzu today, but in general, um, yeah, they're neat, right? They, uh, that doesn't, that isn't what drives business value. Um, you know, tools are means to an end and Tanzu in our mind's eye does uh, check a lot of those boxes and we're here to enable business outcomes via technology solutions, you know, and that's a holistic, uh, product. I'm sorry, uh, you know, kind of, you know, more of a project focus and not just a project or a product focus, right? So we're not here to just pitch VMware OEM tools. Okay. We're here to talk about how you holistically change the business and change how you provide outcomes as an IT organization, but also as a business unit too. So okay. I think from my, my perspective, like that. Where, where we lean in a lot is like, hey, we don't want to just be here swinging a wrench, you know, installing a tool. We want to actively, actively help clients change what they're doing and increase business value to the market. All right. Dana, do you, I understand you disagree. You don't think customers should be helped in that manner. Is that correct? I'm just... <laughs> not at all. They shouldn't be helped. You can buy DevOps off the shelf. Yeah, why not? Um, I'm sure not someone will sell it to you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Incre increments, of, increments of quarter hours, right? Increments of quarter hours. Oh, yeah, good way. Yeah, make sure you tie the time yeah. element to it. Um, well, Dana, I wonder if you could break. I, I think you should be seeing this up on screen. I was, I'm stealing from this, uh, from VMware Solutions and Services. Um, you kind of referenced that this drawing here kind of laid a foundation to potentially break down some important components. Do you mind doing that for us? Yeah, of course. So basically the way that VMware is approaching this holistically is, is in three different categories. Um, so they want to enable applications, modern applications specifically, um, in, the, in the form of building those applications in the form of running those applications and in the form of monitoring and managing those. And so Sean actually kind of hit on a couple of those pieces already, right? If you have a whole bunch of applications running in a, in a 
bunch of disparate locations, whether or not they're hosted or run on top of VMware, you want to be able to monitor them. Okay. And in the same sense, you want to be able to enable developers to build those modern applications. And so if we break apart Tanzu into these three separate categories, you effectively get uh, these technologies that sit alongside each other. And so what we tried to do here was kind of summarize what those those pieces are in, in context with other technologies that customers may already be utilizing. And there's a couple of things to emphasize here. So the first is that middle bubble there, the code area. Those are those are things that your developers may already be utilizing today. And that's a really important aspect here is we don't want to necessarily go in there and disrupt the entire the entire show that's happening um, with with uh, you know the developers that are doing their things today, right? So utilize the existing technologies, this existing you know languages, frameworks, and things along those lines that you're utilizing to build those applications, and 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 as well as modernize those applications uh, alongside the technologies that VMware is bringing to the table. And so that middle piece there, that that the app layer, uh, the application service, the build services, the data services, application catalog, those things. Uh, those are all oriented around providing those developers what they actually need uh, in order to make those applications while retaining governance, control, and security. And so that's what the, the overarching theme there is to you know, unleash the developers, give them what they need, and be able to have them move forward uh, unhindered while retaining that control and governance and security. Uh, and then around that, there's a couple of important aspects here. We've got GitLab and Jenkins and a couple of other technologies. And that, again, is trying to illustrate that you don't necessarily need to utilize those technologies uh, that are part of the portfolio if you have things that are already in place today that are functioning for your business. And so we want to have that functionality to be extensible and, and, and integratable with the things that you might already be util utilizing today. Um, so VMware is very much trying to orient themselves around uh, you know, the, the caveats that we may experience in, in working with customers if they already have things going on today. So that's a really important aspect. So that's kind of what the build portion is all yeah. about uh, inside the Tanzu portfolio. Well, you know, it's, it's, it strikes me, you know, we talk about mobility as being one of the drivers, and I'm using a very loose definition, I guess, of mobility, but this notion that um, you are decomposing applications and kind of breaking them down to core elements so that you can make them more accessible and, and really work in this environment where location becomes less important. Um, what are the things we need to be aware of? Um, I'm going to say this, open this up to either Jim or Sean. Um, what are the things we need to be aware of in terms of, of what this sets up and whether customers should all be looking at doing this type of thing or are there some customers that should be self-selecting a, a slower path? Is it, is it for everybody? Because what I think is funny is, it, not funny, but VMware, of course, revolutionized the notion of uh, virtual machines. And then now we find ourselves in the technology space and we were referring to virtual machines as legacy um, in many situations as it supports um, other applications, but there are true legacy customers that are still running on stuff well before virtual machines. And, you know, but virtual machines were pitched as being, of course, mobile. Um, and they did bring us a level of abstraction from, you know, um, other parts of the machine that we never had before that we've built a lot of innovation on. What's the balance going forward in terms of how corporations in various situations should be looking at how to handle this, Sean? Well, first, I want to challenge you on something you said about, um, you know, not caring where things are. I think actually a key element of mobility and portability is the ability to deploy something and then decide, you know, that might be better if we put it over here and the, the ease with which you can actually move it. Uh, you know, we're running into more complex environments as people deploy multi-cloud architectures where they have uh, multiple 
private data centers. They have uh, presence in uh, public clouds, which by the way, doesn't sound as simple as, as that sentence makes it. Uh, yeah. That could be multiple regions in a given public cloud provider. And most companies are now, uh, you know, it's like the old uh, average American family, two and a half kids. Most companies are now deploying on average two and a half public clouds. So the idea of, you know, where are my users and can I get the application cl as close as possible to the consumers of this application? And then what are its dependencies on the back end? Are there certain databases it needs to talk to? Are there certain uh, storage platforms that it needs access to? And uh, applications today are not just, you know, singular monolithic apps. You alluded to, you know, companies that are still running on mainframes, for instance. Um, those monolithic apps are being broken down. That's the, the, the whole idea of, you know, moving to microservices uh, as a model for application deployment is to take these, these complicated uh, big chunks of code that do a thing and breaking them into smaller pieces that are easier to troubleshoot, easier to uh, develop, and then through the magic of containers, easier to deploy. Um, so our applications aren't really um, monolithic blocks anymore. There are there are tiered applications with you know maybe a database tier, an app tier, and a web tier in the classical uh, you know three tier uh, uh, use case. But those tiers all have to talk to each other. And by the way, they may need to expand for additional capacity. Um, you know. Uh, in uh separately from one another you know, you could think about things like uh you know if you're a, a tax business right there's a certain time of year where you're going to see a lot more traffic than you than you would normally you could think about an on time an online online back online retailer like an e-commerce shop um there's going to be black friday there's going to be cyber monday there's yeah. going to be times when they need to increase capacity at a certain tier of their front-end application and containers make that incredibly simple to uh, to expand that capacity, uh, you know, on a whim. And as I said earlier, wherever uh, your intended uh, client base for that application happens to reside, get it as close to them as possible so that they have the best possible uh, user experience. And that that goes back to what businesses truly care about today. You know, the, I'd say the top three concerns of businesses today are brand recognition, security, and customer experience. And so this is absolutely a way that technology enables uh, better customer experiences, whether that's an internal customer like a remote worker or uh, an actual external customer that uh, that we're providing services to. Um, so back to breaking up these big monolithic applications that are traditionally set on mainframes, um, that's also creating a more complex uh, environment. We used to uh, these code modules all resided in the same same system, same server. They all talk to each other within that uh, building, if you will. If you think of a server like it's a house with people in it. Now they live all over the place. And so, uh, you know, there's all sorts of security concerns with the east-west traffic between these various application tiers and the various instances of each of those tiers as we scale them out. Um, because things are going over a wire now. They're not being kept internal to a single system. And, uh, you know, on top of that, just the multi-cloud architecture comes into play again. And, you know, these these things really drive a level of complexity that, uh, that, that we're, we've not seen before in IT. And that we're trying to come up with uh, with new tools with help from strategic partners like VMware uh, to sort of address. This is all the plumbing side yeah, yeah. of uh, containerization. Jim, what are your thoughts? Uh, there's a number of different things mentioned there, but I'm, I know that you've got opinions on some of these nuances and and what they what the ramifications are because we we there seems like we are we talking in two different stories a, a level of simplification that comes with a huge amount of complexity. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on what, what Sean's breaking down there? 
So I, I definitely think from my perspective, we've seen over rotations in the industry at some point from microservices, you know, some, some people weren't really hardcore where it was like, oh, every, you know, we're going to make a single service, a single API into every container. And we over rotated at one point. And then I think we're coming, starting to slowly see that come back, but overall, like an application architecture and specifically containerization, I think you have to ask yourself and work with your architects to say like, Hey, at what point, what can we manage? You know, if we have a fleet of 10,000 containers and two people managing that from your platform team, or even haphazardly as a platform team, that's setting yourself up for failure. Um, one thing that we, we really work with a lot of people on to understand is you have to not necessarily say, hey, I want to be the next Facebook, Google, Apple, maybe. You have to understand what is the next step in your evolution as a company. You know, how do you crawl, walk, and run to this new you know, DevOps-minded, container-minded world? And really understand it's not, uh, don't just go whole hog and adopt you know, containerization and continuous delivery and, you know, continuous deployment and all these other, you know, really awesome tools and tactics to deliver software without understanding and thinking holistically what that changes in your SDLC process. So I think where Sean's going and, you know, kind of what Dana teed up earlier, these are really, really great tools, but they do come with ramifications and you do have to understand what each piece does enable you, but it also could be a detriment to what you're looking at too. Yeah. And, and Dana, I'm thinking this might be, this is going back to the VMware page, but I scrolled down a little bit on this, this notion of running applications mm -hmm. anywhere. I wonder if you could break down, there's some components here that are important to understand because I think one of the things that you guys are saying is out of all the different things that, that need to be done because of this increased complexity, I can we go ahead and say that the increased complexity is a necessary byproduct of something that in the long run is still progressing in a direction that in a generalized sense, most people want to go, and this is where the competition is. This is where this is how applications are made. You know, the modern business needs to operate and at this level of pace, and you're not going to be able to do it. And again, in a, in a generalized sense, um, in some of the old ways. But Dana, um, you were pointing out some important things to me on this one. Do you mind doing that again? Yeah. So just to to yes and exactly what Jim and Sean said here. You know, to look at. What we're looking at here is the run side of the portfolio. And I think it's important to, as an example, distinguish between what a container is and what a virtual machine is in terms of functionality, right? So a container is, is, is designed by its very nature to be created and destroyed, right? Okay. And so you don't really care about it, its presence necessarily. You just care about that it can be created very quickly and then torn down very quickly as well, right? And whereas a virtual machine is designed to be created and then it sticks around. So much so that you that you care about moving it, right? Instead of destroying it and recreating and updating it and everything else. else. Interesting, yeah. right? And so when we're talking about the needs of the business, what we mean there is that there may be applications that have that have a uh, you know a, a, an end of life planned, maybe for example, or they're mm -hmm. going to be replaced by something else. And so it's about maintaining those pieces as 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 the need as, as the needs of the business dictate. Um, for those applications that need to exist for that for that piece, and then and maybe standing up containerized applications alongside them, right? And so it the, the needs of the business really must dictate the needs of the technology or, the, or what technologies are going to be utilized. Is this and one so of the reasons so just to jump? It may be a combination of these things, right? Yeah, it, and, and so forgive in, me if I'm getting this wrong, but it, and thread this in however it makes sense. But is this one of the reasons that you're looking at considering you guys? seem to have collectively said Tanzu does a good job of recognizing the fact that we're going to be 
for for the future. We're going to be in some state, uh, any organization is going to be in some state of having things in multiple places and you can't yeah. give up on one to sacrifice another. Is that and kind in, of what you're saying there? In multiple, in multiple places, what, I, what we mean by that is uh-huh. you may have monolithic applications, you okay. may have legacy applications, you may have applications that are in the process of being modernized and you may mm-hmm. have fully modernized applications, right? And so the importance of trying to simplify that overall operational aspects of running all of those things side by side is what really matters. Um, so yeah, if you look at day, this, this drawing is... here, go ahead. I was just gonna say at the end of the day, this is about choice and flexibility for the customer, right? To be able to run their applications, how they see fit and where they see fit. Um, we see a lot of customers that are migrating to cloud native services to maybe replace a database tier, for instance. Okay, that's fine, but we need to get our applications closer to that, right? We have customers that have things that are still sitting on mainframes and we gotta, we gotta deal with that. Uh, and then there's stuff that's still sitting on virtual machines and will for a very long time to come because maybe it's a COTS application and the, and the support requirements are such that that's how it has to live, um, you know, in perpetuity. So, uh, but there are other pieces, you know, going back to the fact that our applications are no longer, you know, singular things, they're, they're these tiered, um, tiered suites of applications really there's pieces of it that are going to be vms there's pieces of it that are going to be mainframes there's pieces of it that are going to be cloud native services and then there's the pieces that that our development teams are are writing to provide better experiences and to really innovate for the business and all of that has to live and play together yeah and i think that, that, that what sean said right there is one thing real quick, you know, I think what Sean said there is really something we want to key on and why VMware and the VMware's Tanzu's product really, the product line really fits it for us. You know, they, they've, you know, to Sean's point earlier, you know, VMware is in, you know, throw a rock down the street, you can probably hit somebody that has VMware in an enterprise. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty, it, it, you know, it's very established out there, right? So being able to enable Kubernetes by a checkbox in Tanzu, that's, that's great. And I think that gets people moving in a certain direction, but you also have to understand how to run that. And then the pieces of Tanzu that fit together to kind of help you understand and run in a you know day you know day zero day one day two kind of methodology, those kind of bring that to the table and tie it all together. You know, part and parcel will work together, or you can piecemeal together with solutions you already have. So for us, Tanzu fits a need that the market is sorely lacking. At least, you know, the, we see talking and kind of beating down on VMs. You know, I think to Dana's point, the VMs should be torn down as fast as possible too. But things like TKGI, things like you know, Kubernetes in general gives you a way to say, hey, this is my you know, image. Uh, you know, I have my security base parts to it. I have everything I need to make this thing, you know, check the boxes for all my you know, infrastructure partners, but I can spin it up and tear it down and layer my containers on top of it as fast as I need. And you know, on-prem VMware Tanzu with you know, vSphere as a backing does that beautifully. Um, you know, in, you know, in the cloud, you know, TMC orchestrating that with either Tanzu on-prem and, and or you know, in AWS or GCP, you know, it does a really great job of implementing a consistent dial tone across all platforms so we can enable our development teams to care more about how i release software and how i get to get user feedback yeah. without having to deal with the infrastructure now so, i think one I thing that, that we've we talked about that a dial bit tone like, terminology. <laughs> so perfect <laughs> one thing we have one thing we have talked about too is like you know at one point we were saying hey developers you know just give me your code run it anywhere i don't care where it runs as a developer that may have been a one methodology that may still be applicable for a ton of developers but I think in general, what we want people to understand is that there's different tiers of compute storage and maybe even GPU loads, right? You know, with the dawn of AI, with the dawn of, you know, kind of business intelligence, we also have to realize that sometimes, you know, our workloads need to run on-prem. Maybe they need to scale out to, you know, to a cloud provider because, hey, maybe our GPUs are overloaded. 
You know, we've seen that with, our, with yeah. some of our clients. We've helped them understand that. We've helped them scale to that because at some point, maybe you have to break through that, you know, door of the data center and say, hey, we've got a lot of business coming in and we've got to scale that or we're going to lose millions of dollars. There you and go again, recommending where, communication. Yeah. Because you're saying <laughs> the developers probably, that, can't be left in the dark. They need to understand infrastructure. They need to understand security. Uh, and the rest of the organization needs to be sharing this information about what's most important uh, because this is all going to tie into the outco outcomes you in inevitably are trying to generate. Yeah, at the yeah, same time, our teams need to understand our development teams and be able to, to deliver what, what they need, right? I mean, yeah. everybody's got to talk to each other now. That's the whole, that's what DevOps is all about at the core of it. Rob is is communication and collaboration between all of the various groups. Yeah, right? when, the when done that right. know the app yeah. the best are the people that wrote them, right? Yeah. So they need to be able to communicate effectively to the people that are expected to run those applications. Mm -hmm. And then the people that are, that are running those applications, the, the plumbing that they're providing needs to be effectively communicated back to the, to the development teams, right? I, so I brought that's, that's the, the core of sorry. everything. So bad about this. I brought this screen up because it, it's your article, yeah. Dana, and I want to make sure everybody's aware of this. It's linked for those of you watching the show. You some links to some additional resources. This is one I want to call out because Jim was Jim was mentioning some some acronyms. We're starting to fly a little bit there. This primer that you wrote um, on the fundamentals is that the title? Was the word fundamentals even in there? Yeah, There's something in there. It's the oh, I'm yeah, making it's, that it's part up. Different okay. ways that you can run Kubernetes on top of vSphere, and I think if there's any, yeah. if there's one key takeaway from the call today is that VMware is trying to meet customers where they are. Um, and, it is, and as corny Hallelujah. as that may sound, it's the reality that we face. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and, and so if, if you need to run vanilla Kubernetes on top of vSphere and, and, you know, as part of a platform that, v, that VMware has built, then you can do that. And there are multiple ways that you can do that. If you need to run a different platform on top of, of vSphere, you can do that as well. And you can manage all of them using TMC, right? And so you, you can see here, we've got, We've got virtual machines that have TKG running inside of them. And then you could also have virtual machines that are running other legacy applications and they're all living side by side. Yeah. And so that's a really important key differentiator here is that the acknowledgement that sure cloud native applications are going to provide a lot of key functionality for getting apps and data to customers today. And that's ultimately what businesses care about. Uh, but there's also the journey that customers are going to have to take to get to that point. And that's really the important aspect that we're trying to hone in on here is that you have to figure out what that journey is going to look like. And then something has to be able to support you in that journey the entire duration. Yeah, and that's interesting because what you're calling out, because at first, I, as I look at the different options, just even, and it's only a few, you kept it very focused in the article in terms of running on, running in, um, mm -hmm. you know, with vSphere and at, there's not enough time to get into it in the article, which I encourage people to go read, but even beyond the article, with the expertise that you guys have, obviously each one of those comes with trade-offs. And so I would imagine that your recommendations as to that as a starting point is going to vary based on customer applications and their needs and their culture and, and all the different things you guys know how to weigh into that. Is that a correct assumption? Yeah, uh, very much so. And, and ultimately it's our goal to almost enforce that those upfront conversations take place, right? We want to do that upfront due diligence. We want to have those conversations get as much information from as many of the teams that are involved in utilizing these things and supporting them um, so that we can help them make the best, most informed decisions as possible, you know, when they're trying to figure out how to walk this journey. And the point that, that Tanzu is bringing is that there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of different options. Um, and, and you can at least try to simply, it won't be the only tool. Yeah. It won't be the only suite of tools that that's never the case. There's always a lot of moving parts when we're talking, especially about in this space. Yeah. I've there's, never there's been more 
challenge with the lexicon. It, it, and that and exists that with been, everything open yeah. source. You know, I can go out and fork Kubernetes tomorrow if I really wanted to, if I wanted to like really inflict some pain on myself and try to make my own platform and add it to the other 10,000 that are out there. Um, but the problem is that there's so many tools out there. There's, there's almost decision paralysis. You know, imagine yeah. back in the day you're standing at Blockbuster trying to find a movie. You know, there's, there's a 10,000 options that you could see, you could spend an hour in there. You could have watched two movies by the time you choose one. Um, so it's, it's the same situation. You have to figure out uh, what tools to, to use and customers face that reality on a daily basis. They have to figure out what that's going to mean for the business. Well, and that's why I probably found it so interesting that you guys were wanting this show to be focused on Tanzu and because I know that's not the only you know, solution you guys work with um, and that you're even good at and, and probably like for many different reasons. But also the, the title was very specific. I don't know if you can, applications and infrastructure, that's not an accidental, um, you're not, I mean, it's just terminology, but to a certain extent, you're calling out that those two things are of equal importance when you're looking at a solution like this. Is that, is that a, a, is okay to extend in that direction when I say that? Yeah, I mean, I, I promised you, I I'd bring, I'd bring yeah. up buzzword bingo. Uh, you know, Kari did this, but uh, yo, I mean, we could have said DevSecOps with Tanzu too, right? I mean, the, the, the yeah. point we wanted to make is generically apps and data have to, in a modern world, live and work together. Um, you know, and I think Tanzu is doing a really good job you know, with that, right? VMware, you know, has you know, made some big moves in the industry to say, hey, Heptio is doing some awesome stuff. Let's pull them in. Let's make sure we work closer with them. Yeah. They've said, hey, you know, we, we recognize Pivotal is doing some really awesome stuff with PCF and stuff like that. So let's pull them in and let's, you know, make them a part of this. And let's, you know, let's, let's re-figure out how we go to market in this modern application and infrastructure space, you know, and how do we drive a DevOps adoption, you know, you know not only from our you know, OEM portfolio, but even from, you know, our partners and their services divisions. Yeah. Dan and I've been on multiple, you know, multiple kind of calls with the, you know, with the, uh, the partners over there in the services divisions. And you see a huge transition in how they're going to market around, you know, their tools and their technologies. And they understand that there are, to Dana's point, 10,000 other players in this market, and they don't want to be so prescriptive that they get seen out the door. And, they, and VMware understands that. And that's a huge transition for them. And I think that's, that's pretty enlightening, I think. And, and yeah, this is this is a radical evolution of VMware's stance on containers. Also, if, if you've been around for a little while, you know that this is not the first foray uh, into supporting containerized workloads for VMware. But their their story used to be like they were trying to shove it into the box that originally made them successful, which was basically x86 virtualization, right? And now they're really understanding and and you know, some other things have happened in the background too, from a market perspective, you know, Kubernetes took over the world essentially. Um, but they're, but they've, they've learned a lot and now they're, they're, they're bringing forward a solution that capitalizes on existing infrastructure investments, takes into account, you know, the multi-cloud reality and it provides options to customers for a wide range of, you know, the, the tools that are necessary in the value chain that, that gets us to where we want to go here while at the same time being flexible enough, as we mentioned earlier, to absorb things that maybe the organization's already adopted or will work better for that organization. So, yeah. um, you know, the fact that it's, the fact that it really embraces both the application development side of that house and the, the, uh, the, tr the more traditional IT side of the house, the fact that it provides all these options, the, the fact that it's flexible and allows the plugging in of other tools that are already popular in the space, it's just, you know, those are the things that, that really get us jazzed about this, this solution. Well, as we wrap up here, I just make sure I don't over-rotate. Is it fair to say, though, that you guys are not blanket saying this is all you need to do is buy is buy into Tanzu and your container problems are in the rearview mirror? 
I would suggest yeah, that your not... problems would only get <laughs> exacerbated. Yeah, your your problems only get worse if you buy into Tanzu, because yeah. that'd be a uh, hot your know, hot takes here. You know, containers are going to exacerbate your problems, right? You know, if I go give sure. my son, you know, who's going to be you know, he's going to be 15, 16 real soon here. If I go buy my five hundred horsepower Mustang, he's only going to wrap that around a tree faster. And let's be honest, automation and containers <laughs> are really only going to enable the terrible software you're, you know, you might've written previously to get into production faster. So there's so many other methodologies and things that you need to do to modernize what, what, what we're talking through here before you just adopt Tanzu, before you just adopt containers, you know, to yeah, this point where we started, people process, those are the things you really need to key on to because without those, like you're just going to, you know, get bad stuff into production faster and have to deal with it more. <laughs> Exactly what I was going to say, Jim. There is no, you know, for fans of Silicon Valley out there, there is no box 2.0 here. Um, you know, technology is part of it, or as Dana puts it, the plumbing, uh, which I love what he calls it that. Uh, but then there's also the people and the processes, right? All of that has to come together. And it's a far more complex thing. Yes, Tanzu can become an easy button in certain aspects of the equation, but it's not going to solve all the problems. And so, uh, you know, that's that's where a company like Worldwide and, you know, people like Dana uh, and Jim through workshops and whatnot can really come in and help customers figure out, you know, assess, you know, what are we already doing that's working for us and how can that plug in and, you know, and, and maybe Tanzu is not the right answer for that customer, right? As you mentioned earlier, we do have other container platforms that that we know and love. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where we provide value as a systems integrator. Yeah, absolutely. And I always feel bad that we have to cut these things off as it feels like we're starting to get in. I feel like Jim's hot opinions are starting to really get uh, really get going. But I want in speaking to the audience here, guys, obviously I have on screen uh, just one of the things that, that I encourage you to check into. We showed also the article. All these resources are linked to you. The, the key thing, to, if you remember anything, is to join WWT.com. Uh, you can interact. You can actually go in and say, hey, I want to, it's kind of a social network that you guys have going on here. I want to know every time Dana's posting something new. I want to know uh, if Jim's actually daring to put his stuff down in writing, you know, and be notified of that and what other events Sean's going to be in. These are all things that you can do really easily by joining the platform. Many of you may have already done that if you're watching this show as it's live versus on the stream. But either way, just make sure you're in there. Update your profile so that it's a two-way it's a two way thing. So everybody knows who you are and, and how we can interact with you. And don't be afraid to go ask these guys dumb questions about what might be right for your particular situation because it's all unique. But Sean, Jim, Dana, thank you. Appreciate your time and, uh, and you. educating us on this one. You guys good? Yes, as good thank as can you, be. Rob. As good as can be. All right, excellent. No, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. you got it. All right, guys. We'll enjoy the rest of your day. We'll return to our normally scheduled programs, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next.